Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we are in the fifth week of our Three Ring Circus series. Uh, we have been kind of looking at this concept. Uh, we've got a couple more weeks of, of this uh, ahead of us. And so in November, we will kick off a series called uh, Beloved. And so we're playing off the word beloved because um, I think a lot of us don't know how to just receive love. Um, we don't know how to simply be loved. And God wants to love us. God so loved that he gave. And so we need to get better at just being loved. And so we're going to take a, an entire month and, and look at that. But this week, we're going to be looking at the concepts of, of being able to move forward and not getting pulled off, not getting distracted. So if you've got your, your Bible app open, if you've got your bulletin open, we're let off with this concept that, that life can get us crazy as a three-ring circus. It just gets insane. They get busy. Things get rocking and rolling. We're not too far from the holiday season, which is one of the craziest seasons of all, where there's so many things pulling at us. And I'm telling you, man, life can just get as crazy as a three-ring circus. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw some monkeys wandering through my house the other day. I mean, it was just, it just gets insane all the time. And, and the, the truth is, is, is God wants us to thrive, not just survive. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to, to, to see this doesn't happen all by itself. We would love for it to just kind of just happen. And we see that there's not. And the reason that it doesn't happen all by itself is because there is this place where we've got to make some decisions to to, to cooperate with what God is doing. And Jesus reveals that there's these these this push-pull thing that's at work, this, two, this, this tension. And John 10.10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I've come that they may have a life and may have it more abundantly. Jesus came not just to give us life. Isn't that amazing that God gives us life? That's awesome. That's way better than steal and kill and to destroy. It's pretty amazing. And if he stopped there, we would sing the songs. We would do the stuff. We would be so grateful. God would be amazing. But that's not where it stops. It would be cool if it would stop there. Nobody would complain. But Jesus said, not only do I want to give you life, I want to give you life more abundantly. The life that you have and the, the good that you see, that's just the beginning. I want to give you a life, and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then I want to give you some more life, and you go, ooh, this is amazing. And then I want to give you some more life and just grow in it. That is what our Heavenly Father has for us. But it's so easy in the middle of everything to get distracted, for us to get pulled off base. And, and here in our little theme with our, our three-ring circus concept that... Um, that there at the circus, in the old school circus, there would also be 
the sideshows. They weren't the main show. There were these little sideshow things and try to be able to get you to come over. And there's always somebody who's the caller, who's, who's trying to get them to come in and talking about it. And one of my favorite little takes on this is the, is the, the old movie, the, the Little Rascals. And so where they're trying to, to, to get, get some money and they got the guy out there who's doing the sideshow thing and have their own little tent. And they say, come see it. It's disgusting. It's amazing. It's a four-foot man eating chicken and and you go in and there's a kid dressed like a man eating some KFC and so it's like a four-foot man eating chicken and so yes you just got to see the movie but anyways it is one of those things that the sideshows never live up to the hype it's always a disappointment and it got, it gets us off off track and God's best for us if we're going to move from life to life more abundantly then we have to stay on track with him and not get pulled away by the sideshow. Cutie and I, um, this coming December, will celebrate uh, 26 years of marriage. And so it's, uh, um, so right before we got married, yeah, it's exciting. And so, uh, but it's this, after you hear this story, you'll see how amazing that 26 years is. And uh, because before we got married, um, I had gone back to Odessa to spend some time with my, with my parents. And, and uh, if you've been around here, you've heard me tell the story of my first car um, that my dad got me. It was a fully restored 67 Mustang, and I wrecked that. And there's a whole story uh, with that. And so, but that we had some friends, some family friends, who were selling a 66 Mustang. And so we had no Mustangs. We wanted to go look and, and check this car out. And it was out in West Odessa, and it was out towards the country a little bit. So we were having to drive down uh, West County Road, I think, and, and headed out. And I was in my, my, my parents' vehicle sitting with Cutie. Dad's driving us out there. I've got my, my face looking at Cutie and just telling her, you know, how beautiful and amazing she is. And, and I'm in the middle of saying, I love when the corner of my eye catches this motion thing coming at us in the other lane, it was a 1968 convertible with the top down Shelby GT350 Mustang. <laughs> and I was in the middle of saying I love you when I go, I oh my goodness. And I come up out of my seat, and I'm turning around, and I'm looking, and she's just sitting there <laughs> waiting for the you. And I got the I love, oh my goodness, and that was all she got. And I was like, uh, I, I was totally, and my dad's like, I saw it. And we turned, her, turned the car around. We followed the guy. We got out. We looked at the car. And, and then went on about our merry way. And so, and of course, uh, you know, it's amazing that Cutie actually married me after that. And um, that the, the you part of the I love you got snatched away by this car. And um, so, in fact, we go and look at the 66, which we ended up, we ended up buying. And of course, if you know my wife, you know she's not going to let that slide. And so she's like, goes up, to, oh, the, oh, it's a Mustang. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. And so she had to, she had to get all her, her own, own fun in on the deal. But, but here I was staring into the face of the woman I adore, the, the love of my life, communicating my heart to her saying, I love and 
something comes along and distracts. And that happens with us in our relationship with God all the time. We truly love God. We, we want to look square into God's face. We want to move forward with him. And it's, it's the distractions. It's the, the stuff on the edges that I believe really sets us back in our moving from not just life, to, but to life more abundantly. That is the distractions are what set us back. Distractions get in the way more than anything else. I think they hold us back more than anything else because this, this forward progress, this forward motion to life and life more abundantly, what this walk with God that we are in, it's daily. It's, it's, it's regular. It's, it's minute by minute. It's, it's moment by moment. And there in Song of Solomon, it's, it says that it's the small foxes that destroy the vine. You know, we, we tend to be focused on the, the big burly animals, you know, the oxen and the, and the cattle that we don't want them to come in and eat all the grapes. And you stick the, the, the rail fencing up and we, we keep the big burly beasts out. And it's the little foxes, it says, that come in and destroy the vine. They eat the little grapes and, and destroy it. And you don't get the fruit of what you've been taking care of it it's, it's the little foxes that you need to watch out for and so many times we can feel like we've done a real good job of of keeping some of the big burly things of of life pushed back and then we feel like everything's okay and in our daily life it's the little distractions that pull us off from really being able to step into to life and to life more abundantly we're going to look at the same scripture in three different translations right here because I, I really want us to be able to, to get the meat of this. And of course, we, none, of, I'm, none of us are going to read Greek here and be able to, to really get this. So let's, let's see how these Greek scholars put this into English for us. 1 Corinthians 7.35, Paul is, wants the Corinthian church to be able to get a hold of this. And he says, I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way, in undivided devotion to the Lord. New, New King James translators put it this way. He says, and, and this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. These distractions are going to come in and, and get things off. And then I love the way Eugene Peterson puts it in his message translation. He says, I'm not, he says, I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you, not make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a new way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. No matter which way we look at this, no matter which translator, we get down to this meat that it's the, it's the distractions. We need a new way of life, a new way of doing life that doesn't let the little distractions come in and, and keep us from moving from life, which is wonderful, to life more abundant, which is even better, which is what God has for us. And, and the truth is, is that as we look at this, there are so many different things. I mean, we... we all have a pocket full of distractions. And in our day and age, you know, with our phones, there, there's endless 
media entertainment options. You can play all of these games. Some of you may be bored with what I'm saying and watching Netflix right now. I don't know. There may be somebody over there watching Netflix, and maybe so. And so, but you could, you could, you can pull your phone up, open the Netflix app, and you, and you could be watching it. There's endless entertainment options. There are these places where there's so many different things where we can continually be distracted and, and, and we can easily say that, that those are the things in our lives. But really, um, I think the big things that, have held, that hold us back aren't just unique to the technology age in which we live. I think they go back all the way to the people that Paul was talking to, which electricity wasn't even on any of their brains. And that it's, it's part of how we're wired and how we're built. And I honestly think the, the biggest sideshows in our life are often personal failure and personal victory. These places where we tend to want to just be done. Where we just want to stop. That's what keeps us moving forward. The truth is that there's always been some sort of place of distraction. We, we read and in Acts of the Athenians who, who meet and discuss all sorts of new ideas and they would just do that all day, all the time. And, and we've always found diversions. We've always found ways to be able to, to fill the time. And, and I think most of us, most of us default to some of these diversions, to some of these you know, Netflix options or whatever it is you want to call it, these entertainment moments. Um, and in that, we'll have to all agree, in those moments, we're not pursuing anything. We're not pursuing anything. We're, we're just sitting there burning some time. We're not risking anything. And so with that, we're not, we're not risking failure, but we're certainly not risking success either. We're just putting in, and I think so many times there's a place where we just would desire to just put some hours away and not have the, the pain of failure or, or any of those things to rest on us. And we just burn through this series or we burn through this movie or we play this game or whatever it is. And we're not trying to move forward. And whether no matter what century you've lived in, the two things that make us not want to move forward are, are failure and victory. Victory can make us stop just as quick as anything. And let's look at Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And Jesus replied, he said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. He doesn't say you're not fit for the kingdom of God. You, you look back and man, you're out. You got, you got the boot. Um, that's not what it's saying. It says you can't function. You, you're not fit for service in the kingdom of God. You cannot be staring backwards and embrace all of what's ahead for you in God's kingdom. You can't do it. It's ahead. It's not behind. Your restoration is ahead of you. All of the abundant life, it's ahead of you. It's not back there somewhere. We are, we are not built for that. We're not chameleons that can kick one eye up here and kick one eye out the back and do both. We're not wired that way. We're not wired like horses that have, have our eyes on both sides of our head. We are built. God wired us and stuck both of our eyes right square on the front of our head, gave us a neck that does not do a 180. We're not wired in any shape, form, or fashion to look backwards. 
We're not built for it. Why? Because God designed us to look forward, to move forward. Our best is always ahead. God is carrying us from glory to glory. That is what he's doing in our lives. And there's a place where, yes, we easily see where we get frustrated and we, we want to quit at failure. We want to quit at it. There's all of the movies. Maybe somebody that's watching the Netflix right now, they're, they're doing, uh, watching a movie about time travel. And I guarantee you, if we're watching one of those many, 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 many movies about time travel, with that, somebody's always wanting to go fix something. There's something that got broken, something that we wish we did differently, and I just want to go back, and if I could just fix this way back here, my present would be very different. And always wishing things were, that somehow our restoration was somewhere back there. When it's not, our restoration is always ahead of us. It is always ahead of us. But there's a place where as Americans and as Texans and as West Texans, um, we don't like to lose. We don't like to lose. In, in fact, when uh, uh, Ryan uh, Campbell was here from Jamaica, he flew into uh, San Antonio and we picked him up and we're like, okay, hey man, we, you know, um, you know, we're going to go show you the Alamo. He was like, the what? Oh, my gosh, you've never heard of the Alamo? How do you not know about the... Oh, yeah, you're not from around here. And so I was like, we're going to show you the Alamo. I said, the, the Alamo, this, is, this will show you a Texas mentality. Our rally cry for victory, remember the Alamo, was an absolute total slaughter and defeat. We refuse. We will even take our defeats and turn it into a rally cry for victory. We will figure out a way to make this into a win. On one way or the other, we will figure it out. And we hate to stop on a loss so many times. We all know people who stop on a loss. We've stopped on a loss. We get frustrated and we're like, no, I'm done. I'm out. But there's something about it. We don't want to quit on a loss. The guy who's shooting, is getting ready, shooting baskets... He can miss three in a row. He's going to wait till he drops one, and then he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going. Nobody wants to stop on a loss. And, and there's a place where, where we recognize that stopping at a loss is, we don't like that. We don't want that. Sometimes hurts can be so devastating that we do. But we all go, no, we don't need to stop there. And in fact, um, a number of years ago when Cutie and I were doing youth ministry work um, here in San Angelo, um, there was a, a church that we were affiliated with that was needing an, an associate pastor. And so well, we were encouraged to go and just to kind of to meet and to um, meet the, the lead pastor and to look at potentially taking that role. I, we didn't really feel like that was what God had for us, but I was like, okay, we'll go do that. And we'd finished up on a Wednesday night with youth, and then we had an amazing time. The service went great. Everything was good. And, and so I, I don't even remember where we went to go do this little uh, interview thing. Um, and so, but I remember telling Cutie when we got in the car for, to leave from um, youth on Wednesday, I said, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that things went good tonight because I don't even know that I could even really entertain doing something if things had gone bad. Uh, because I hate to stop on a loss. I just, I, 
you know, if, if there's a win and I feel like, man, things are good and I can hand you over a win, then things are good. But I can't. I just feel like I was running away and I, I, just, I just couldn't handle that. And we're just, we're just kind of wired for that. Um, you know, that we just want to, especially as Texans, we just want to move through it and, and find the win. But sometimes when we find the win, that's where we stop. We get the win. We get the last shot. And we're like, bam, it went in. Okay, good. I'm... I'm a guy who makes baskets. I, I can walk away from that. I'm a guy who wins. I, I, I can walk. That's, I've now just had something good, and now I'm at a place that, that I can stop. But we can't stop at those moments either. We can't stop at the wins either. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. Paul shows us. Paul shows us. Man, that there's so much more happening when we have to just keep, keep pressing on. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul is writing. It says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. Let's pause right there. He said, I've not already obtained everything and I've not already been made perfect. He is hyper aware of his own limitations, his own flaws, the places where he's not, he's not as Christ-like as he wants to be. And where do we find these words in our scriptures? As he is being hyper aware of his own shortcomings and putting that down, he is unknowingly writing scripture. So many times we think that we have to, to really be used by God, that we have to be able to look at our lives and go, okay, yeah, man, I finally have moved into a new place. I'm finally at a good spot. And here he is, he's writing scripture and very aware of his own limitations, very aware of his own imperfections. And he's being used by the Holy Spirit to write scripture. Folks, God can use you right where you're at. It's not a someday and it is, this is where we move from glory to glory. It's not glory begins when everything is fixed. It's there's an, every little fix is a new glory. And we move from glory to glory. We move forward in that. But then he continues to write. He says, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. I can give you this one nugget. I can give you this one truth. One thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. What is, wait a second. That's two things. You said this one thing I do. That's, that's two things. You said forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Not looking behind and looking forward. It's one act. Choosing to look forward is choosing to not look, to look back. Choosing to look back is choosing to not look forward. And remember, we're not wired to look in both places. So this one thing, he makes this one decision. I'm going, bam, I'm going forward. I'm letting go of that, and I'm moving forward. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I think so many times we're, we're at a place where we, can, where we stop at wins. We stop at these first levels of good, good level one, instead of going to good level two and good level three and, and, and into what the scripture would call abundant life, is because we so associate a win with a finish line. And we cross this finish line and we've, we've got this win and now, now, we can, now we can let up. 
Now we can stop. Now we can will that back. And folks, if we don't keep going after we arrive at one place of glory, we can't go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, if we don't keep moving, if we just stop at glory. And here's a, here's a question I, I think we need to ask ourselves. We need to ask ourselves, we need to say, okay, how often, how often do I pray for my health when I'm feeling good? How often do I study the scriptures, what the scriptures have to say about, uh, about how to deal with my body and how to deal with my, my health um, when everything's rocking and rolling? Now, of course, we're going to do it when we get the bad diagnosis, and there's no condemnation with that. I mean, we're with you. You get the bad diagnosis, we lock arms, man, we go at it. Man, we go to prayer, we go to town, we believe God for the miracle, and we see God do miracles. But what about, how are we going to go from life to life more abundantly if we stop at life? If we go, you know what, I'm feeling pretty good. I don't really need to figure out if maybe there's another level of health. Maybe there's another level of place where the Holy Spirit wants me to be able to go. If I just stop right here. No, the only way we're going to be able to go into life more abundantly is if we're willing to keep pressing past life. But so many times we just get a little bit of life and we're like, oh, oh okay. Oh, the, the steal and the kill and the destroy has stopped. Okay. Where's my Netflix? That was a battle. I, I need to just veg for a minute. No, let's move forward. Let's not get into the distractions. Let's go, man, life is good, but he's promised me life more abundantly. What does that look like? I'm going to go after this. I'm going to get into the middle of this. What, is the, what does God have for me? What do the scriptures say that this looks like? We're never going to get there if we stop at good. What about praying for your marriage? When your marriage is sweet. When things are awesome. When you're not fighting and things are incredible and you're just, man, God, our marriage is so amazing. Lord, hey, Lord, help us have a great marriage. I'm so thankful for my good marriage. Lord, help us have a great marriage. You are never going to have a great marriage if you don't keep putting energy once you hit good. I'm just glad we're not punching each other anymore, Lord. I'm just, Lord, I'm just thankful no cops got called. We're good, man. Cops haven't showed up at our address in months. We're just going to bask in the glory. What you watching on Netflix tonight, baby? Well, why don't we say, well, let's take a little time before we have some veg time. Let's, let's, just, let's just pray for one another. What's going on in your life? Is there something? Let, let's lean in. What's, something, what's going on in your heart? Begin to lean in. Man, we have prayer requests about relationships all the time. We lock arms with you and we pray with you and we're here for that. But you know what? Let's, let's, I'm ready to see some prayer requests that says, man, our marriage is the best it's ever been. Pray it goes to the next level. I'm ready to see that prayer request. Come on, let's go. That's where we're going to get to life and life more abundantly. Man, when we're in the trenches, when the, when the devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy, we will lock arms and we will fight with you all the way. But you know what? I want us to like, let's, let's go to the next level all the way too. Let's, let's be able to live life, life more abundantly. What about, let's, about with the kids? Praying over your kids when your kids are awesome and they just clean their room without even being asked. Okay, I know that's a fairy tale. That doesn't happen. But that's a for instance, all right? Let's say it happened, okay? Clean their room. They did all without you even asking. That you, you sit there and don't just go, man, I'm a good daddy. I'm, I'm, you know? No, it, it's you go, oh, Lord, thank you. 
Lord, you know, and, and pray over your kids when, when they're not making you want to pull your hair out. When you're not having to go to the principal's office twice a week. Pray for your kids when things are going good. But begin to pray. That's how we go in not just life, but life more abundantly. On too many times, on too many fronts, over and over again, we don't experience all that God has for us because we stop at good. We stop at good. So many times we come to God when we want what his righteousness, what he says is right. We're wanting God's righteousness. Lord, my, my, my health is jacked up. My relationships are jacked up. My finances are jacked up. My kids are jacked up. All this stuff. God, I need what you say is right. And we're pursuing his righteousness. But then there's a place where when we look at it and we call it right, we say it's good. It's pretty solid. And we're not stepping into what God says is right. You know what? We stop that. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. The reason we don't see enough of us moving into life and life more abundantly is we're too self-righteous. We're too self-righteous, folks. We look at it and we call it good. We call it right. It meets our level of rightness. And we no need to push on anymore. When we will never see what God says fully is right until we say, nope, not what I say is right. Not what I say is enough, but God, what you say is right. And that's when we begin to press on. That's when we begin to see life and life more abundantly really get forward. That's the only way we go from glory to glory is by always moving forward. Philippians 3 verse 14 in the message translation says, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. Not everything we want for us. Everything God has for us. Those of us who want everything God has for us. And sadly, not everybody wants what God has for them. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. But if you're going to be able to step into not just life. Oh man, and life is good. But life more abundantly. We've got to keep leaning into the goodness of God, letting for what he says is good. So with that, we have to keep our focus, our focus where it needs to stay. And our, our focus needs to stay on the one who can both start and finish it. Our focus has to stay on Christ and Christ alone. Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. He's the one that picks up the pen and starts saying what is good. And we let him go on to say very good and to him to describe what it looks like to step into abundant life. Let him be the author and the finisher of that. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame and has laid down and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So often we stop because we become weary and discouraged in our souls. But to be able to stay focused is look at Jesus. He's the one that did it. We talked about last week. We rest in what he's done. The whole rope-a-dope trick. We just rest in what he has done. He's the one who's done it. We get the victory for it. And we look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Philippians 1, verse 4, says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, Paul is telling them, the Philippians, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into completion in the day of Christ Jesus. He says, I'm confident. I look at you and I don't see the shortcomings. I don't see the mistakes. I don't see the fact that things are quite right. I know God's going to complete what he started. I'm confident. I pray with joy. I'm excited because you're on the right journey and God's going to carry it on to completion. Folks, this is why we need one another. Sometimes to be able to step over from just life to life more abundantly, we need some other people in our lives saying, man, God's doing a good work and you don't stop here. God's doing a good work. That's why we need small groups. That's why we need prayer groups. That's why we need people in our lives who we're open and honest with, like we talked about earlier, being, <clears throat> being um, vulnerable and real. Folks, that is the, how we move from life to life more abundantly. Folks, our bottom line today is the sideshow will rob you from the real show. The sideshow is going to rob you from the real show. It never lives up. It never lives up. It's always a disappointment. Let's just put it aside and stay focused on Jesus and move, not just to life, and life is good, but to life more abundantly because Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.